This is Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Only on the Blaze Radio Network. Hello, friends. Third hour, Pure Opelka. Kicking off right now on the Blaze Radio Network. And I, I appreciate you for being here. So many of you have checked in, and uh, you're very active on the Twitter. A few of you active through Facebook messages. I don't I don't get as much uh, traffic during the show on the Facebook because it's noisy, and it pops up on my computer and goes ding, bing, bing. So I don't respond all the time to the Facebook messages because I have it kind of turned off. If you want to be a part of the show, obviously you can you can connect on Twitter at StuntBrain. You can also uh, dial in, 888-933-9393, We'll talk about anything. Uh, there are um, many bits of breaking news that are out there that we should be addressing. I did a quick check to see if um, my, my feeling was wrong. Uh, the breaking news that CNN has severed its ties with Kathy Griffin did indeed get a few mentions instantly uh, last hour on the Fox News channel and absolutely zero mentions on CNN. CNN hasn't talked about it for two hours now. CNN is completely devoid of Kathy Griffin references for the last two hours, although they talked about it this morning and Al Franken was even on the network this very morning talking about uh, Kathy Griffin. Why? Because he's going to be appearing with Kathy Griffin publicly very soon, July 7th in Beverly Hills. And you would think that would be friendly territory, but you never know. I wonder, I wonder if they're going to get uh, poster bombed by some of the street artists who out in California have been mocking liberals like Maxine Waters, and remember when Obama got mocked at fundraisers with the posters on the bus boards and the bus benches nearby. But this uh, July 7th event in Beverly Hills is uh, supposed to feature Franken and Kathy Griffin. Will he drop out? Here's what happened on CNN this morning. At least here's what I thought happened on CNN this morning. The Internet's is misbehaving today. Uh, they were Kathy asking. Griffin. Here you go. Um, she found the third rail of comedy, uh, or at least a political stunt, I guess, since it wasn't funny. And it, she was roundly denounced for um, doing... Yeah, properly so. Yeah, properly so. So everybody thinks that she went too far. Even I, she I thinks, did, too. I, uh, I, I really think saying, I, you know, I... Kathy's a, a friend and she's a terrific comedian, but what this had no business being in our public discourse. And I talked to her. She had apologized, a real fulsome apology. She's uh, actually begged for forgiveness, and I believe in forgiveness. You're supposed to be appearing with her in July. Can she recover from this? Well, I think she did the right thing. I think I, I think asking for forgiveness and acknowledging that this was, this was a, a horrible mistake, and so I, I think she can. And you're still going to appear with her? Yes. Senator Al Franken, thanks so, so much for sharing the book. Al Franken will appear 
with Kathy Griffin, despite the fact that CNN has decided to sever ties with her. Al Franken will be there. He was asked not so much about uh, the appearance with Kathy Griffin, but he was then spirited over from CNN to MSNBC, where he sat down with Andrea Mitchell, and they were talking about his book. But, of course, the Kathy Griffin topic came up as well, and uh, they had to get into it a little bit. But no discussion, no discussion of the uh, of the actual apology. No, well, no discussion of the appearance between the two. But Franken, who is apparently a, a pretty good friend of Kathy Griffin, was talking with Andrea Mitchell ab- about the subject. Their moorings as to what is appropriate? You know, I know, Kathy, I condemned this. Uh, I talked to her, and uh, she did make a very heartfelt, fulsome apology. I think she was thinking she was making some artistic statement, but that image has no place in our, our, uh, our political dialogue. What did you say to her? I said that uh, that we we can't be showing images of a president who has been uh, decapitated. I mean, that- did anybody find it weird that he laughed when he was discussing the image? Did anybody think that was just a little a little strange? So here's Al Franken. He's playing all high and mighty. He's. He's basically saying that the left is policing itself. He's talking about telling Kathy Griffin that those images have no place in our political discourse. And I don't think he believes it. Why else would you laugh when you're discussing the image? Uh, here it is again. Place in our, our, uh, our political dialogue. What did you say to her? I said that uh, that we we can't be showing images of a president who has been uh, decapitated. I mean that. Yeah, he's laughing. That's Al Franken laughing. That's what he's really thinking about. He's still going to appear with her. He's laughing when he brings up the actual photo. And he's saying, I told her, don't you ever do that again. Seriously, Al Franken. Seriously, you are, you are transparent, sir. We see right through you. Absolutely right through you. I, I, don't, I don't understand how people like this keep, keep getting elected and, and getting away with things. And, you know, Al Franken is a guy that they're actually talking about. They, the Democrats of being a 2020 candidate, of being a guy who possibly could be the one at the top of the ticket. Can you imagine that? Can you even fathom that reality? Al Franken, the guy who was a goofball on SNL, can you imagine him being in the White House? Well, there's some people on the left who'd say, well, we have a reality TV star in there right now. Why not have an SNL comic? Well, you know, it's a little difference between a billionaire whose first career was making buildings and making millions and billions and then ended up as a reality TV star. He didn't start out to be a television star. He did not start out to be an entertainer. He started out as a businessman and then it got different. 
So uh, I kind of frightened for the Democrats at this point, kind of concerned for the Democrats that uh, that this might be their choice. What are the other choices? Uh, there was some talk earlier in the week that Hillary Clinton was actually eyeing 2020. She'll be 73. She will be 73 years old. And there is a photo of Bill and Hillary watching a Memorial Day parade from the past weekend. And if they don't look like two people who are, well, Bill looks close to death. This looks like very, very bad times ahead for these two. So I don't know what the Democrats are going to do. They certainly, if, if they choose Al Franken, you got a guy who's been a, a smart ass, a guy who has called Ted Cruz horrible things, and a guy who started out on SNL. And, and who else is there? You're going to go with the shirtless Martin O'Malley? Is Bernie going to be vital at 70? What will he be, 77? What about Joe Biden? He'll be in 77 or 78-year range, too. What about Elizabeth Warren? Won't she be just about 70 at that time? Now, some have said the Castro brothers are out there waiting. I, I just don't know where the next round of young Democrats are. You don't have Pelosi. You don't. None of these people who are the, the, the loudest voices within the Democratic Party are, in my opinion, young enough to handle the White House. I think there's big, big trouble brewing ahead. If you go back and you look at what the GOP went through last year, just the the youth movement with Rand Paul and Marco Rubio and Ted Cruz and guys like Tim Scott and Trey Gowdy, you have a whole host of people who are so much younger than the leaders in the Democratic Party. It's... uh, it bodes well for conservatives if they can hang on to the, the power that they have and move forward with an agenda that they know people actually support. But you have to get something done. You can't be mired in nothing and all the obstructionism that's going on now. You know what? We got to talk about some fun stuff. I have to either get to the weird news of the day or we need to get to Maxine Waters, because there's comedy in those waters, the Maxine Waters. So I'm going to step aside. When we come back, we'll talk Maxine Waters. Uh, We also have to get the update on what Sean Spicer's doing, because today's press briefing is going to be very different. And uh, Sean Spicer might be giving us an indication as to what's coming down the pike. We hear there is a White House shakeup happening. Will it be started today? Maybe this is part of the beginning of the White House shakeup as Sean Spicer holds what's being called an unusual audio only press briefing. No cameras allowed. I'll get you details next on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Are you worried about your mom or dad living alone in their house? Hi, I'm Joan London. Listen, I know how difficult it is to find senior care for someone you love. That's why I recommend a free service called A Place for Mom. 
They are the nation's largest senior living referral service. Call a place for mom today. To receive free information on senior living communities in your area, call a place for mom at 1-800-803-6951. You know, I think I know why Sean Spicer is not holding an on-camera press conference today. I, I think it has something to do with Twitter. I believe it has something to do with President Trump and a certain tweet that went out at 12.06 this morning a tweet that was heard around the world, the tweet that you've all heard quoted today, the Kofefe tweet that the president actually had a a very kind of funny statement he made. And, you know, Sean Spicer going out there, no matter what he wants to talk about, no matter what global strangeness is happening, the questions are going, going to be about the tweets. And Sean Spicer's already had to face that reality. I think the president's tweet speaks very clearly for itself. His tweets do speak for themselves. The president was very clear, and I think there's continuing to be a a very, very literal interpretation of his tweet. I think the president's tweets stand for themselves. I think the president's tweets speak for themselves. I think the tweet speaks for itself. I don't think sometimes you don't have to read too much into it. He's simply stated a fact. The tweet speaks for itself. Uh, I'm moving on. I think what I just said speaks for itself. Yeah, it speaks for itself. So I I think Sean Spicer didn't want to have to deal with the Kofefe Kofefe tweets. And everybody I know in the world of comedy had a great time with it. It's one of the fun moments, but I don't think they want to continue with the Kofefe discussion. I think the president, the president actually did the most to diffuse it this morning when he said, let's Let's define it. What could it mean? Enjoy. Good for you, Mr. President. Uh, Spicer would be better off getting questions that he could answer about things like the FBI position. And where are we going with this? The president will be meeting with two additional candidates this afternoon, both uh, Chris Ray and John Pistol. Um, when the president uh, feels as though he's met with the right candidate, he'll let us know. So I guess the president has not met with the right candidate yet. And uh, hopefully we will get an FBI director because I think it's kind of important we get an FBI director. The the uh, Democrats have been suspiciously quiet on this subject. Have you noticed that? Did anyone else pick up on the fact that the the Democrats, Chucky Schumer and crew have been very quiet on the FBI director selection? We believe we were going to get an FBI director and then the Democrats were going to say, we're not letting you have an FBI director. We're not going to approve anyone until we get this information, whether it is a, a guarantee of an outside investigation of the allegations about Russia and the collusion, or could Schumer want to tie it to tax returns? I ultimately think that's where they're going on all of this. Tax returns, tax returns, tax returns. It's it's their target of all time. That's the big target that the Democrats want. And speaking of putting targets on people, 
Our buddy Maxine Waters has been just a soundbite machine of late. Here she was two days ago. I believe that this man has done enough for us to determine that we can connect the dots, that we can get the facts that will lead to impeachment. I believe there was collusion. I think we have enough information about the meetings, about the lying about those meetings to help us to understand that something was going on. There was interaction there. And certainly, I believe it was collusion. But if they just do their work and do their job, they will find out it was collusion. And I believe this president should be impeached. So first of all, um, there was communication. I guess that means there's something wrong, despite the fact that every president, every transition team has had communication with the Russians. This lady is nuts. And if you want proof of it, you want absolute positive proof that Maxine Waters is bat crap crazy. You only have to listen to the engagement she had with someone in her district, the engagement she had with a person who basically is her boss, even though we all kick in a little bit to pay Maxine Waters' salary. This, this will make you mad. If you need to be mad today, listen to this voter talking to Maxine Waters. So tell me what you want to talk about. Well, I just want to talk about your representation in Washington regarding yes. our president as well. I can't stand him. I am. He's the most horrible man I've ever seen. I, in my I life. love my president very much. I'm glad and I you do. The, the, your I'm position, you my do. position as well. I'm glad but you I do. also want to know why you are representing me in Washington by opposing my president. Your president is a dishonorable, lying man. So first of all, she said your president. He's our president, Auntie Mox. He's our president, Auntie Max. You call him a dishonorable, lying man. Let's let Maxine continue. Mocked a journalist. I've never seen a grown man do that. He talked about grabbing women by the private parts. He lies every day. He's in bed with Putin and the Russians about oil. And everybody around him are allies with the Kremlin and with the oligarchs of Russia. They're going to take us down. You mentioned comments about him being a liar. He is and, a liar. And grabbing a woman's That's right. I don't think he ever did. Um, he said I, it. I go back to... What, what grown man talks like that? I go back to President Clinton. I don't care about Clinton. Well, of course. Aha, there it is. One guy actually convicted of taking an intern and taking advantage of her. And the other guy, locker room talk. But she doesn't care about the guy who did it. She only cares the guy, about the guy who talks about it. Care about this, of course Listen, I'm going to work every day until I get him impeached. I'm going to work every day to make sure that he isn't and that you're impeached. But that's okay. Thank you so much. Excuse me. You can't impeach a woman of Congress. Thank you so much. You cannot impeach a woman of Congress. Thank you so much. Thank you. Thank you. I love the way Maxine Waters gets all upset when this woman says, I'm going to work every day to make sure. You're impeached, even though there is no impeachment process. What we do with Congress people is we vote them out of office. But excuse me, excuse me, you can't impeach a woman of Congress. You can't impeach a congressperson. Maxine Waters, I just want to live to see the 2018 election day and the day that you are no longer in office. And we get somebody, somebody with real principles, and someone who actually believes in the mission 
and the statement made by the founders about America. We're going to talk about America. We'll do a little history when we get back. This is Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. Opelka with Mike Opelka. Welcome back to Pure Opelka. We are uh, keeping an eye on things. There, there has been a, a running line on on all the news channels today, and it's all over Twitter, and I'm sure it's it's everywhere that Donald Trump intends to pull out of the Paris Climate Accord. Uh, th- that's obviously going to happen. I'm betting it's going to happen closer to the end of the week so that there will be not a lot of uh, questions at a press briefing. And there are people on both sides of this saying that the other side is completely wrong. I am a person who uh, understands what the, the, whole, the whole mission of the climate change people is. And it's nothing to do with the climate. It's everything to do with redistribution of wealth. It's everything to do with taking money out of a capitalist system and then giving it out to people all over the world. So while, while this is uh, going to be big news for the rest of the week, I will be very, very happy if the president lives up to this, this promise of his this is one of those uh, the big deals that I think the people who voted for Trump, one of the issues that they voted on pretty much was was getting us out of these global climate deals that don't really make any sense. Nobody wants to pollute the planet. And and if they would look at the the reality behind these deals, they would understand. All right. A couple more issues to get to today. Uh, I want to get to. Uh, the the fascinating op-ed from H.R. McMaster and Gary Cohn in today's Wall Street Journal. Two guys in the president's cabinet stood up today with an op-ed that's titled America First Doesn't Mean America Alone. And, and we'll dive into that. But I promised you some history because this show loves history. This show and the people who are a part of it are always looking at history and seeing what we can pick up from history, what we can remember, what we can share. And there are a couple of really important pieces of history that happened on this day back in the day. And I think my favorite, my favorite has to be that on this day in 1790, the first U.S. copyright law was actually enacted and it protected books and maps, and original materials. And I, I don't think we exist as the global power that we are without that 1790 U.S. copyright law. I seriously don't think we are the great nation we have become without it because it protected, it protected people like you and I 
and people who wanted to use their brains to create something. And from that something came wealth. From that something came entire businesses. If you think about it, you, you could write a book. And prior to 1790, somebody could take your book and print it and sell it. But because of the copyright laws, that book, that pamphlet, that, that map would then have to be something that you would, you would license and be able to be paid for. If you think about the, the things that copyrights protect and how we have been able to then have uh, copyrights and then patents and inventions and intellectual property have made America just an amazing economic powerhouse. Without patents and copyrights, we aren't anything. We are, we are absolutely not the nation that we have become. And as someone who has written things and seen the things he's written, produced, and gotten those tiny little royalty checks every now and then when a play gets put on somewhere in Keokuk, Iowa, uh, th that, that makes me understand what this, what this nation truly is about and what the, what the founders and the early citizens and the early legislators came up with to protect what's in your mind. Can you imagine? Can you imagine if what was in your mind was the property of everyone? We wouldn't have half of the incentive for people to create that we have today. That it just wouldn't exist. There'd be no, no impetus to be the inventor, to be the writer, to be, to be the songwriter, the musician, anything. And so on this day, 1790, May 31st in 1790, the very first copyright law was enacted. A couple of other weird things that happened on this day back in the day. Uh, 1911, 1911, which is a, a great firearm. Uh, the hull of the Titanic was launched in Belfast, Ireland, and at the ceremony, uh, the White Star Company—that's that's the uh, ship company that, uh, that that built the Titanic and operated the Titanic. One of the people from the White Star Line looked at it and saw this massive ship being put out to sea. In its first test, and remarked, perhaps jinxing it forever, not even God himself could sink this ship. <laughs> Thanks very much for that one. We know how that ended up. Uh, on this day, in uh, 1961, South Africa became an independent republic. Those of you who follow the the, the evolution of South Africa. And I don't think South Africa truly became an independent republic until Nelson Mandela was elected president, until Mandela and F.W. de Klerk shared the, uh, the prize for keeping that nation together as Mandela was freed and then subsequently elected president of South Africa. He could have turned that nation upside down but Nelson Mandela chose to really, really find South Africa's true mission. And so it started in 61, but it didn't happen for quite some time afterwards. But what an amazing story. Um, I'm, a, I'm a big fan of history, and I think it's, it's good for all of us to keep an eye on, on what happens on this day back in the day. And that's why I, 
I do go back to it all the time, all the time, every single day. We talk about weird stuff that happened in history around the office. Uh, 1859, if you've ever been to London, this was the day Big Ben, the giant clock, the clock tower uh, that rings out over the Houses of Parliament in Westminster. This was the first day it was in operation. This, this followed a, a giant fire that destroyed much of the palace at Westminster, which was the headquarters of the parliament back in 1834. And uh, the design when they were building the new palace was this giant clock. And, and the royal astronomer, Sir George Airy, wanted the clock to have pinpoint accuracy, including twice-a-day checks with the Royal Greenwich Observatory. So they thought this was an impossible goal. How could you have pinpoint accuracy? Well, yeah, it was the 1850s by the time they finally got the clock finished. And on uh, this date, the 31st of May in 1859, you started hearing the clock ringing out over London. So uh, it's, it's there. If you've ever been to London, it's, it is pretty impressive. And thankfully, it's still there, despite the fact that uh, there have been some attempts to take it out, some, some efforts... Uh, to uh, during the Second World War to try and bomb the House of Commons, so no, it's still there, and um, you you can you can the bridge. Remember the bridge where the attack happened uh, just a, a little bit ago in London. That bridge, it's like the photo bombing bridge with the Tower of London and Big Ben in in the background, so you can see it. I'm taking a break. When we come back. I want to talk about this uh, op-ed from McMaster and Gary Cohn, and uh, we'll wrap up this week's show on Pure Opelka. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka on the Blaze Radio Network. You're listening to Pure Opelka with Mike Opelka. Part of the next generation of talk radio on the Blaze Radio Network. You know, I mentioned it briefly yesterday, but I played a lot of golf over the Memorial Day weekend. And usually a couple days after you do something uh, that's physical, you, you find the pain is coming out. And you know what? I'm not finding that pain. Why? Because about... About 12 weeks ago, I started taking all-natural relief factor. It's an anti-inflammatory that has changed the way I look at my day. I can do more. I'm out in the garden. I'm playing golf. I'm walking more. I don't have the pain. I don't take any painkillers, nothing over-the-counter, nothing prescription. It has been 11 weeks since I've opened up one of those little jars and taken out those green gel tabs. They just, they're not needed because I started taking the three-week quick start pack from Relief Factor. It's 1995. I saw results starting on the eighth day. And I think a lot of people are seeing the same thing. You have to check it out. 800-500-8384. 800-500-8384. You can go online and see some of the information there as well. It's Relief Factor. Get your life back. Get rid of the pain. It's all natural, and it's working for me. 
so many of you are saying it's working for you too. Relief factor. Uh, before we get out of here, something strange going on in D.C. Uh, Sean Spicer briefing the press, but it's not on TV. It's just audio only. It's like tuning into a radio broadcast. It's very weird after the precedent we've had with this White House, with these daily press briefings. And they're calling this a gaggle because I guess they're not allowing everybody in the room. Uh, it's, it's just really strange, especially on the heels of what we've been told this week is to be on the lookout for a, a shakeup in the White House. Uh, my money's on a removal of Reince Priebus and maybe replacing Priebus with another one of the president's advisors like Gary Cohn, a guy who's advised him on the economy and a guy who is apparently very loyal to the president. He's one of the president's guys. And Priebus was there, but uh, maybe not as long as Cohn's been around. And Donald Trump likes to have an inner circle that's been with him for a while. I still wonder what's happening with Steve Bannon. We haven't seen Bannon in a very long time. So keep your eyes on that. Uh, this this op-ed that is in today's Wall Street Journal, if you are so inclined, it's worth it for you to pick up. And this comes on the heels of all of the stink that was made in the liberal media over the past couple days, claiming that Germany and France were saying, they couldn't trust us anymore. They couldn't trust America. When, in fact, they weren't saying that at all. Uh, you heard us played yesterday with Angela Merkel saying, basically, it's time for Europe to stand on its own two feet. And instead of applauding that, our press started boo-hooing. Oh, no, America can't be trusted. Britain wants to stand on its own two feet and be independent. Where the hell is the spirit of 1776 when we as a nation wanted to be independent? And that was the greatest thing ever. But no, we, we have to find the, the uh, dark cloud inside every silver lining or outside of every silver lining. But this America first doesn't mean America alone is a great piece of writing from H.R. McMaster and Gary Cohn. They talk about the trip the president made, and they do state right off the bat, America first does not mean America alone. It is a commitment to protecting and advancing our vital interests while also fostering cooperation and strengthening relationships with our allies and partners. What more do you need to know? What more do you need to know? It's, it's, it's peace through strength as I see it. They go on to talk about asking a lot of our allies and partners, but in return, the U.S. will once again be a true friend. And I think that's a pretty damn accurate statement. I think a lot of our allies weren't always sure which direction the Obama administration would go. But I don't think there's any gray areas with Donald Trump. I don't think there's any, uh, anything hidden with this guy. We're talking about American prosperity. We're talking about smart deals with other countries. We're talking about strong alliances and economically thriving partners that are a, a vital, vital interest for America. We, we see in this, in this op-ed that they review the trip and they talk about how we as America engage with the world, not to impose our way of life, but to, quote, secure the blessings of liberty for ourselves and our posterity. Yeah. Oh, there's, there's those 
founding father's thoughts appearing again in, in statements out of the White House. That makes me feel good. They go on to say that means identifying the interests and principles that make America uncommon and advancing them in the Middle East and with our NATO allies, with the G7 nations and beyond. I, I think this is great. H.R. McMaster, Gary Cohn, thank you. Thank you for standing up and, and letting the press know uh, what actually is going on and that we're not leaving our allies in the lurch. We are not telling them, uh, get stiffed, you're on your own. What we are telling them is we want them to be strong. We want them to be independent because you don't always want to be the strongest person in the room. You want to be able to rely on some of your partners to carry their weight to do their part every single day. And that's what we're doing. We're building better allies. So mainstream media, why don't you pick this up and read it? And then meet me here tomorrow. I'll tell you about the Kennedy movie. I'm going to see it tonight. I'll tell you if I learned anything. Maybe I will. Maybe I won't. Testudo, my friends, and uh, Kafefe or whatever the hell. Pure Opelka with Michael Pelka on the Blaze Radio Network.